Hello, friends. It's Monday, October 2nd, 2024. Chapo is back. It's me, Felix, and Chris joining you today, but do not be afraid. Joining us, filling in the third mic spot, is the lovely Catherine Krieger. Hello. Thanks for having me. Catherine, of course, uh, came out here with me, member of the Chapo family. Uh, I'm really glad you're with us here. Catherine has spent just about as much time as anyone uh, this week taking care of Matt in the hospital. So we're all very thankful to you and for filling in for today. The pleasure is all mine. So first and foremost on today's show, uh, I think the question on everyone's mind is, how is Matt doing? Catherine and I flew out here Thursday morning and have uh, been here ever since then. And like all of us have been doing shifts with him at the hospital. And what I can, what I can tell you to start off the show is that although Matt is still in the hospital, we are very pleased to report that he is out of the ICU. And like, obviously I like I'm incapable of speculating on his recovery or offering any medical judgment, surprising as that may be. I can tell you just from my own perspective in the times I've spent with him over this past week, um, he has improved every time I've seen him and probably the most reassuring thing I can say that like in terms of lifting my spirits uh, to pass along to you is that Matt very much is himself and has his sense of humor. Uh, we were just in the hospital with him yesterday and he was absolutely cracking us all up. <laughs> and finally, and also I will share like a bit of truly the unalloyed good news to come out of this week is that Matt's daughter was born last Tuesday. Last Sunday. Last Sunday. Oh, sorry. Matt's daughter was born last Sunday. Losing track of the days. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, it's been a long week. Matt's, Matt's daughter was born last Sunday. Matt has met his daughter and lifted his spirits immensely. And I'm just very, so happy to report that both mother and child are doing great. Um, this has been uh, an immensely difficult. It's been a really tough week, obviously, for all of us. But it's also been a very beautiful week in terms of just like the love and support everyone has experienced and demonstrated and just, and also the, to, to welcome Matt's beautiful daughter um, to, among us now. Um, so Chapo baby. Yeah. The Chapo baby is here. And just as, as another aside, uh, I would like to um, acknowledge the truly amazing outpouring of love and support from, for Matt from, from all quarters. It, it really helped just to know like just how much love is out there for, for Mr. Christman. And uh, also I should say as good as all of the love and support was, <laughs> I truly have to say nothing has done more to lift my spirits and Matt's than the haters and the losers. <laughs> you guys have done a, a truly wonderful work this week. And I got to say, I, I would like to clarify uh, some comments I made on the last episode in which I instructed uh, people to, you know, like be kind and not weird about this. I just want to make clear, I was speaking to our listeners and subscribers, and you've done wonderfully. To the haters and losers, please carry on as you were. <laughs> You're doing great work. Please don't let up. It's, it's been a balm to all of our weary souls to and, see you hating and losing. And any, uh, any riff you think, any dunk you think you've gotten off on Matt, I guarantee he has already uh, <laughs> dunked on himself in the exact same way and in a way that's way funnier than you could ever. So keep trying. Uh, haters equal waiters at yes. the table yeah. of success. Oh, yeah. if, if you are if you are attacking him because like you think that Matt Christman is a Jewish name, <laughs> this is a, a, honestly this has been going on for a long time. 
uh, people have decided, like uh, seven years ago, people decided I wasn't Jewish. And Matt was. uh, you but did a bad fusion dance and changed uh, backgrounds. This is a fusion dance. Fusion dance. Uh, but um, okay, like if you hate Matt for that reason, he created a whole new white person with all access DNA. <laughs> so think about that. You hate Matt because he's racist. Well, he nearly took a white person out of this world. <laughs> I keep barking. <laughs> so, like, really, really, there's, like, nothing you can really attack him for. I mean, I, I, look, there's no logic in any of this, but I'm just, I, I'm just trying to bring, like, civility to all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I gotta say, it's been fascinating me, uh, fascinating to me over this last week of which, like, honestly, and taking a week off from the show, there are, I mean, like, the one benefit to us is that there are literally too many stories to talk about. Like, but the one thing I will say in light of uh, the entire Canadian government zig heiling and a Waffen SS veteran. <laughs> yeah. uh, because he's Ukrainian. Yeah. Yes. Is the fact that, like, uh, to witness the, the, the haters and losers, I think we are truly seeing the real red-brown alliance in American culture between uh, Nazi pedophiles and I guess liberals who are still mad about the 2016 election, but mostly the Ukraine heads. Liberal hawks, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the Ukraine war supporters that are like, that were really coming hard for, for Matt. And I gotta say, um, stay just, mad. <laughs> stay mad. <laughs> uh, good, good, good luck. Um, I got, if you, like, enjoy if you just the, keep, uh, yeah. the hunks of the Waffen SS yeah. calendar we're sending you. I, honestly, like, uh, a lot of things have happened uh, this past week. We got writer strike ending, United Auto Workers going on strike. We've got Diane Feinstein dying. <laughs> we have Diane Feinstein dead. I, uh, I still died, th- died on Matt's birthday, by <laughs> yes. the way. Yes. So. I still don't think she should resign. Yes. Honestly, we've got uh, Bob Menendez doing. Being a gold bricker. Being, <laughs> doing corruption uh, of the kind that we have not seen in ages, uh, truly killing it out there. Uh, so much stuff to talk about, but I got to say, uh, all of those have been pushed out of my head by the intrusive thought, um, courtesy of Felix Biederman and your AI sort of doll e <laughs> jobs. Uh, uh, every other news event and uh, Matt's recovery has been pushed out of my head, as I imagine Drake in Band of Brothers. Yeah, so I thought this is... Um I'm actually, I'm a lot like visionaries like Hideo Kojima or uh, <laughs> James Cameron uh, because when I initially came up with this idea, the technology wasn't quite there. <laughs> I was thinking of um, Drake in the episode of Band of Brothers, Why We Fight. And I was thinking of him liberating the concentration camp and he's going around and like witnessing the horror. Uh, but because he's Drake, he's like, we need to get these people to the six. <laughs> These people need jackasses. <laughs> um, and, and like, I tried it on Dolly, like, you know, a year ago, and it just, like, it fucked up Drake's face. It drew, honestly, a very offensive picture of Drake. But, you know, Microsoft sucks. Windows 10 sucks. The Xbox Series YX Type Y fucking whatever that bought, that people bought three copies of. Terrible console that bricked. But the Bing AI tool did an amazing job <laughs> with this prompt. Um, you can't say Drake liberating doc out, like they'll content block that. But if you like use sort of like filtered terms, like the rapper Drake liberating World War II black and white realistic prison camp, <laughs> dramatic photo, it will depict 
exactly the scene that I depicted. <laughs> and, and, and like uh, the, that part produced a, uh, an image that I would describe as like Drake pole vaulting over the electric fence at a concentration camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how he would do it. Yeah. Like that, like if, it, like if he was in easy company yeah, and like he saw the concentration camp in like the corner of his eye, he would do like a backflip into it. <laughs> so he would be like, he, I mean, I've always wondered like if Drake was in Band of Brothers, who is he? Rep- because someone has to go, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's too many characters and it's like, well, I don't really think he can replace Nixon or Winters, but. Like Spears is a good character. Spears is a good character, but he's not like he's not a main character. He doesn't talk a lot. But like Drake could do that role. Okay, Felix. When when you started posting this, this was like a a total accident. Like I had not told you about this, but like basically, like I said, got here on Thursday, spent Thursday night at the hospital. And then like for most of this week when I wasn't at the hospital, I just decided to rewatch Band of Brothers. I, I like, the everyone's TV, rewatching yeah, it. Now, everyone's yeah, everyone's rewatching it. And still still a great TV show. I mean, it, it, it felt appropriate this week, but when you came up with the uh the Drake and Band of Brothers and Drake as Spears, I was like, I was trying to come up with like uh, Drake in Band of Brothers. And the only thing I could think about was just like uh the the blood thinky on the team, but he's with Easy Company, or Drake as Spears, and he lets um Nazi POWs wear his Ovo chain once before shooting <laughs> them into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yes, danke. Yeah. They, they put on the Ovo chain and then, then Malarkey just hears as he runs away. He, so Spears gave them all cigarettes before like, I mean, he, Drake would give them one sixty fourth of his annex each. <laughs> danke, Amerikaner, Amerikaner. That would, that would yeah. kill them. And he's just like, nah, I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> It, no, every it it really is a great show. It, re, it it really is, even without Drake being in it. <laughs> somehow, somehow, yeah. yeah. Or, or or him making Sobel uh, salute him at the end. You yep. salute the rank, not the man. Yeah, you salute the rank, not the six. Well, he, well it would be like um, he comes back. He when he leaves from training, he doesn't have a Louis belt. But when he comes back, he has one, and Sobel doesn't notice it. But then Drake points to it, <laughs> like indicating that he's caught a body during the war. And then it's like, you salute the belt. Yeah. Well, like I said, like, uh, speaking of World War II, I mean, this segues into, I, I, I think the, the best news story of last week was, uh, which was Nazi gate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I gotta say, like, it is, it surprises even me, like, the, and it shouldn't. But the number of people that I've seen with Ukrainian flag and rainbow flag avatars in their display name, essentially make the argument that like, can you really call a volunteer to the Waffen SS a Nazi? Really? Are you sure about that? Really? Really? And I, I like, I don't know. Like, I, I just think we're like, I, I, we're experiencing now an entirely liberal run project of people who all say Donald Trump and the proud boys are the third Reich to essentially rewrite the entire, like a, a, a project of massive historical revisionism to like, if not claim that the Soviet union and the Nazis were equivalent evils in world war two to basically say that the Nazis on the Eastern front were a necessary evil. And I figure like, I'm sorry, once you've done that, like the, the game is up, like you are just a Nazi. And uh, by way of that, I just like, I was worried that this would be uh, that, that this story would be like out of date by the time we got on mic, but it's not. Courtesy of Politico, 
who has an opinion piece out today that is truly one of the most incredible things I've ever read in a mainstream publication. Headline, fighting against the USR doesn't, didn't necessarily make you a Nazi. And yeah, I'm, like, I'm nodding my head. Yeah. Just a, a little bit of this. It says, everyone knows that a lie can make it halfway around the world before the truth has even got its boots on. By the way, this is by Keir Giles, is the an author and commentator. His most recent book, Russia's War on Everything, looks at the effects that re- Russia's malign influence around the world there are has so on many people. There are so many of the, like, we'd no longer send, like, the uh, the discontinued t-shirts of the Super Bowl loser. <laughs> <the Super> Bowl <laughs> yeah. countries. We send all these books that are like, you know, um, Putin's Red Army and, like, Putin, the Stalin that was born again, all these Russia, all these Kremlinology, modern Kremlinology books to third world countries that the new UN resolution that they passed for Haiti is probably sending 300 million of this guy's books (laughs) over there. It's Uh, great for sales. He writes here, um, you know, essentially here, like the the thesis is it's complicated. (laughs) History is complicated. It's a lot more nuanced than like, yeah, yeah, he he volunteered for the Waffen-SS and like, but as he writes here, in the case of Hunka, the mass outrage stems from his enlistment with one of the foreign legions of the Waffen-SS, fighting Soviet forces on Germany's Eastern Front. And it's a demonstration of how when history is complicated, it can be a gift to propagandists to exploit the appeal of simplicity. This history is complicated because fighting against the USSR at the time didn't necessarily make you a Nazi. Uh, stop. Like, yes, it did. <laughs> that was World War II. That's who were fighting the Soviet Union in World War II. There were two sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you, like you could like make that argument and be like technically correct in most other time periods, actually. Like there were rightist elements against the USSR in Europe, like all throughout the Cold War. But like, you can, you know, successfully make the argument, well, you know, they weren't literally members of the Nazi party. They weren't part of the Wehrmacht. But um, n- this is beyond even being in the Wehrmacht. This is <laughs> yeah. like, the, like the, someone pointed out that this is like, this is leapfrogging past the clean Wehrmacht thing. This is the clean <laughs> SS myth, which is like well, insane. This coming up on probably the most stunning sentence I think I've read Again, from like a liberal mainstream publication or a centrist, whatever you want to call it. This one froze me. He writes here, however, the idea that, that uh, foreign volunteers and conscripts are being allocated to the Waffen-SS rather than the Wehrmacht on administrative rather than ideological grounds <laughs> is a hard sell for, for audiences conditioned to believe the SS's primary task was genocide. I suppose I've just been conditioned to believe you've, you've that been they sold were- <laughs> a bill of goods. Yeah. Like, well, okay, the SS, not that bad. Like what was their primary duty that like morale? <laughs> <laughs> they, look, they were fundraising. Well, they, they had sick fits. So they were putting down partisan groups in Poland and the Eastern. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I like the I, mean, they, I like they, the distinction between administrative and ideological. Being like, no, I just admire the SS's efficiency. Yeah, I, I, I just, just, I just a, like trains. I was like, a secretary for the Nazi Party. Yeah, the like, okay, like parts of the SS in Eastern Europe that were administratively placed in the SS were so like those were the those were the groups that were so efficient that like. Um, not like central command had to tell them to like slow down on killing so many Jews. <laughs> yeah, hey, could you chill out that, a little? They were that enthusiastic. They were too enthusiastic for the Germans. They really administratively took up the cause. <laughs> the Germans were like bad AI in a shitty co-op game. <laughs> like, no, you're, you're not leaving any targets for me. 
<laughs> and, and he says, the next sentence is, in simple narratives like everybody in the SS was guilty of war crimes oh are more because they're simpler to grasp. Look, um, even if, like, once again, you could make an incredibly pedantic argument that, like, mm, well, actually, not every Waffen SS member did a war crime. It's like, I don't give a shit. Kill all of them anyway. <laughs> it's, there are certain things that are so bad. It's like, you put on the uniform, you're accountable. I don't give a shit. And this fucking 94-year-old mummy that, I mean, like, like we, were, we were joking earlier, like, did, it, does this guy have Alzheimer's and just think the Nazis won the war? Because, <laughs> I mean, at this point, if you could make an argument that they did. Well, you said like, uh, you Canada is fucking fetting this guy. You said he had a blog. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a Canadian friend of the show uh, said, like, you know, and obviously, uh, I feel like all the Nazis in America uh, saved after World War II. At least we got, like, the, the space program out of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Canada seemed just like they were just like, here, here's a house. Uh, welcome to our government. Well, like, we took, so we took a lot of the German Nazis and Canada got the guy, like the guys who joined while the tour was already on the road. <laughs> <laughs> like they got, they, they got, it's so weird how like Ukrainian Bandera loyalists like picked Canada. I don't know how that happened, but they love it there. It's their favorite fucking place in the world. It, 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 there are more like statues of Bandera in Canada than anywhere else in the world. It's insane. No, but yeah, uh, I, uh, our, our Canadian friend uh, passed along to me this week that uh, Hunka, the 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 Hunka <laughs> Hunka Hunka Hunka, uh, the Wavin SS guy had a had a blog. I mean, that's nice. That's uh, pretty impressive <laughs> for a man yeah, of for his an age. Old guy. Yeah. yeah, really. Um, in, the, in one of the blog posts, uh, he described the years of 1941 to 1943 as "quote the best of his life." Probably the I mean, only person on the planet who feels I mean, that way. Who else was it who was alive in Europe during those years? Couldn't you say the that Eastern that, Front of <laughs> yeah, World yeah. War II. This wasn't the funnest time they've ever had. This guy. So, like, this guy, so far, the entire defense that this article lays out is, like, it's just a shittier version of, like, Eichmann's defense. Like, well, well, like, he didn't literally kill all of them. Like, he didn't, <laughs> yeah. he didn't literally push people into the gas chamber with his own hands. <laughs> well, so he's I mean, not like, technically a war criminal. Well, actually, like, uh, in, in this article, the thing that this guy hangs his hat on is, like, actually, his unit of the Waffen-SS was investigated, and it turns out they didn't do any war crimes. It's like, oh, well, in that case, standing but, but the intellectual, for him. The intellectual exercise here is um, digging into the archives to absolve any, yeah. any part of the SS... <laughs> Like at that point, this is how deranged the Ukrainian, the Ukraine war has like made liberals that they, they're in such a rush to like, you know, uh, back Ukraine and dis Russia that, you know, they're fucking absolving uh, sectors of the SS. Yeah. Like also most Ukrainians fought against Germany. Yeah. Like that's the most insulting thing. Yeah, like the fucking Nazis killed so many Ukrainians. Yeah. They, they killed more fucking Eastern, forget Jewish, but they killed more Eastern, they killed more Eastern Europeans than like the Black Plague did. Knowing about history is over if yeah, you want yeah. it. No, I mean like we're, we're experiencing like the, you know, and also keep in mind, this comes on the heels of Modi's government straight up clipping Sikh Canadian citizens in Canada. And the Canadian government being like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like, so we're really, and the, like, ri the rise of the new access, we really see, are seeing that now. And I remember last week, I saw that, that Mehdi Hassan guy, like, uh, smugly quote tweeting something to be like, I think we can all agree that we can support the war in Ukraine without giving a standing O to a Nazi. And I'm like, can you? <laughs> 
Can you? I mean, it's, it seems like you can't. Like, the available like, data seems to suggest yeah. uh, you can't. And like, I don't know, like, and and then they were like, well, wh- well, why did they have to give him this thing? It's like, well, it does seem interesting that like the most sort of diehard partisans of promoting the continuation of this war, like, oh, gee, why do they have to recast the entire history of World War II to make the Nazis <laughs> the good guys? It's like, why is that so important to them? Well, this is a propaganda project because like, did you see Justin Trudeau's uh, kind oh, of like, man. kind of like half apology? He was basically like, Oh yeah, I didn't really um, have the notes in front of me to know not to applaud this guy. But then he swerves into talking about Russian disinformation, like, and we also must stand against Russian disinformation and Russian propaganda, like, like that's a part of this, or like, you know, basically recasting this as disin disinformacia. The 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 defense that they brought up that there were because there were like seven hundred people in that room, yeah, and every single one of them was like, "Oh wow, I guess I like literally didn't go- like nobody in here like Googled this guy's yeah, name." Yeah, they're all so mad at their yeah. age. Well, yeah. Yeah. Be like, <laughs> be like, nobody give me any back. This wasn't in the notes. And, well, every like every conservative's line has been like, "I'm disgusted that I applauded for this guy." We have to fire like the parliamentarian <laughs> for this, even like. If you, if someone tells you like this guy fought against uh, Russia in World War Two, yeah. like that's a pretty easy, <laughs> pretty easy problem to solve. Like, what did he fight for? You know, the Conservative Party is on the chair of of some of Canada is on the chair of some organization that's like Institute for the Study and Rectifying of Soviet <laughs> of uh, Russian history in World War Two. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm sorry this didn't happen when we were in Canada, but Canada, holy shit. What a what a fucking L that you're in time. What a fucking come, joke come of get a country. Your boys. Jesus Christ. I'm like, so um the the Modi thing, like, it's already like awful that like they just really they hit this guy uh, uh in Canada just for like speech. But it's like no one's even mad at the idea of like India doing India stuff in Canada. <laughs> like if I was Canadian, I would be yeah. like can't you do India stuff in India? <laughs> like it's, it's, I would be embarrassed. It's like if somebody came to your house and like started homeschooling your kids, <laughs> you'd be fucking insulted. Like fuck off. Obviously it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, moving on from the uh, the massive elves Canada has taken, let's let's turn our gaze to our own country and some of the. And I I, I got to talk about uh, two two of the best stories from last week, starting with Bob Menendez, Mercedes Bob, fucking <laughs> just go, gold bar Bob. I, I like, yeah. Felix, we were talking about this last week, and like when the, when this story broke. I was reminded that it was like six years ago he was faced almost identical charges to this and was saved by a hung jury. That's what got him off of this. And it's like, you think after that happened, I mean, like, this is what, how cool it is to be a senator. Most normal people, you think you come that close to like federal corruption charges. You're like, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of the game. Menendez, he's like, nope. I want you to call the Egyptians. Tell them that we back up. Price, price, price of a gold brick going up. Yeah. yeah, like someone, someone who like got a hung jury on armed robbery would take longer to get back to that. Yeah. Like, it, it just, and I was so I for the longest time I was under the impression that Menendez was like such a slick operator. I was like, wow, like this guy, this guy is you know he he's obviously like a tool of the Israel lobby, and he almost like cockblocked the Iran deal, and he probably got some 
like huge payoff out of that. And like he he's he's gotten away with this for so long. He's probably got people on the inside in the DOJ. He's like, he's never going away. He's probably working through like 15 proxies and he can have plausible deniability. And no, it just, it turns out that he is doing it all himself <laughs> in the style of like a weed dealer who barely breaks even. Yeah. Oh, a weed dealer who sells weed just so he can get high for yeah. free. Like he's, he's talking about like, a, like some, some of the shit that he was sending to Egypt were like state secrets apparently. And then, like, where it was the emails between him and the Egyptian guy where it was, like, military, uh, yo, you up, got military secrets, and then it was, like, thumbs up emoji. <laughs> yeah, my, that was my favorite thing is that, like, everything Menendez says is, like, there is no legal defense for it. Like, he's literally saying, hey, I'm will, I, I am about to break U.S. law uh, <laughs> and act as a foreign agent and, Ill and illegally sell you these arms and act as a conduit and receive a third-party payoff that constitutes as a bribe. <laughs> it just, it's nothing that can be solely by interpretation or anything like that. And the Egyptians always respond by just like, you know, thumbs up in the text <laughs> or like liking it. They, like, he is going out of his way and they're like, all right. I just... I just really, really like his explanation, which is that he oh, has like so he has good, he has yeah. a, he has to collect you know keep gold bars at home. First of all, where do you even get gold bars? Uh, basically, because of like you know inherited generational yeah. trauma, epigenetic trauma from his experience in Cuba. But then people pointed out that his family left Cuba before the Cuban Revolution. So like is he he's talking like Batista was taking gold bars from his family. I think it's ableist actually yeah. to criticize Bob Menendez. Yeah, no, he has epigenetic trauma. Yeah. And like, so that's why he has to have like hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash sealed in the floorboards of his if, house. Oh, but like if you are expropriating wealth from somebody, don't you like want it to be in gold bars? Like that yeah. seems way easier to me. Yeah. Like I, I, if I am. I don't know, it, I don't know it, what I, I do with a gold bar. Well, what do I do with that? Put it on your floor. Put it on your floor. <laughs> how, Otherwise well, you'll you be think, like put it in you, a bank how, account. How do you think fucking pirates spent it? <laughs> You like go to a gold guy. It's fine. It, it, it's like, I'd rather do that than like try to figure out his password. <laughs> like okay, you kill him and then like cut off his thumb and use it on his MacBook. It's also way more secure than, you know, having it in crypto and then losing like the USB or something. And yeah. also he's too old to understand crypto. Uh, gold bar, gold bar, Bob. Um, I mean, I guess like there've been a lot of calls for his resignation, but honestly, once again, stick with it. I say don't resign if you're Bob Menendez. Who's, who started, you know? Uh, Fetterman was the first one to Fetterman. say he should resign. Well, they were all screaming about his gym shorts. Oh, God, yeah. Let, uh, let my man let it hang. <laughs> gotta let your nuts hang. Um, and, then, and then moving on from Menendez, we gotta say, R.I.P. Diane. R.I.P. I mean, like, I didn't see this one coming. This was a gut punch. It's been, it's been a long <laughs> yeah. week. She had so many good years left. <laughs> yeah. So many eight. good years in leadership. <laughs> she was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Only uh, the good die young. I also like that um, Feinstein uh, voted. Uh, she was she was she was working up until the end. Uh, she voted like a couple hours before she died. <laughs> <laughs> It's like insane that like, you know, she was, she was 1 billion years old and like had probably been senile or worse for like, I don't know, at least five years. Like she should have just been sitting in a mansion, like, you know, in, enjoying her golden years such that they were like in San Francisco, but no, she died in Washington, DC. She died in the swamp. Yeah. 
She like, could have been one of her many multi-million dollar properties, but no, she was in fucking, yeah, in suburban yeah, like, Maryland, like her, probably. Her, like, senior aides are basically, like, the same people who were around Bruce Willis when he was making all those movies. <laughs> you know, just, like, like in an, she had an earpiece ear yeah. the, the last thing she did before she died was probably meet with, like, a, like a lobbying group that's like, we represent, you know, food truck purveyors. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, like, against some regulation that, like, Prevents us from spewing fry oil on public schools. <laughs> the soul is like leaving her body as somebody's like, if you could just uh, re- roll back some of these oil regulations a these, little bit. These regulations are, are smothering our small businesses. Like we smother our fries. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, like obviously this week has, you know, uh, uh, raised questions about like, is it okay to make fun of someone if they die or get very sick? <laughs> and, 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 I know, think we're coming down pretty strongly on that I, one. You know, I, 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 think, I think it's pretty clear where I stand on this issue. Um, but like, I, my favorite reaction was just like, how dare you? Like, her staffers are grieving right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. I bet they are. They're not going to get another job in the Senate for someone who is cogent. Someone said, imagine, like... Um, Imagine saying this about grieving staffers and grieving, grieving staffers is just one of those phrases that burrows into your mind. Like a, a grieving staffer is the worst type of type of staffer to aggravate. <laughs> it's way worse than a thieving staffer. Uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, imagining a whole office with, uh, wearing blacked out lanyards for the, uh, for the week. To show <laughs> they're their, they're their all wearing grief. veils. Yes, yeah. Yes. But, uh, I mean, her staffers, I'm sorry. They were the ones who killed her. They were the ones that were like making making her still be a senator. I'm like, I mean, we're, uh, uh, Chris Molly. <laughs> I, I would say old age killed her. <laughs> well, her own body killed her. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, she she she, she could have uh, she could like I said she had a lot of good years left in her, and I and I blame these staffers, who you know. Chris, we were watching uh, Lord of the Rings the other night. All those staffers, they're, they're, they grim a worm tongued her. Yes, they were and, all. Like yes. she was just like she had the veil, and you know. Uh, someone could like you know a, a Gandalf type figure could have like you know pulled you know pulled the veil back. Nancy Pelosi and like yes. yeah, Nancy Pelosi could have like cast out Saruman, and then Diane would have gotten out of that wheelchair, taken off her glasses, shaken <laughs> out her hair, and she'll look like Margot Robbie. <laughs> ah, I've only ever served you, my lord. Your leechcraft would have had me crawling on all fours like a beast. She'll be back. She well, to be fair, she never ever looked like Margot Robbie. She basically always just looked like Dan Feinstein. <laughs> it's Feinstein, right? I, I always say Feinstein, but I think it's Feinstein. Feinstein. Yeah, it rhymes. I'm, I'm just trying to respect the dead. <laughs> you know, just uh, R.I.P. You know, and you know, please try to be respectful. My favorite thing from her career is that she like almost blew the capture of Richard Ramirez. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a ton of other like more like sort of you know. M- bigger bad things she did with more like global implications, but just as like a, a thing that an incompetent mayor would do, like the liberal mayor in a death wish movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like a dirty Harry movie. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Richard, Richard Menendez, the, uh, Richard Menendez. Wait, what was Ramirez? Uh, Ramirez. Oh. <laughs> You're mixing up the Menendez oh, right, brothers. Right, right. right. Or Bob uh, Menendez. Richard Ramirez had like, he wore like a certain type of like weird shoe. That was actually like, there was like one pair sold in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Well, or San Francisco. Oh, yeah, like, sorry. Uh, he, like, he had a really unique shoe print. And, uh, like, the police had this information and they 
were using it to track him. And Feinstein like went to the press when she was mayor and was like, yeah, actually, um, his shoe's so unique that the police police are using it to track him. And so, of course, he instantly got, like, normal shoes. <laughs> every, every and, like, they, thankfully, they got him. But it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, they were, like, really close to capturing him, and she blew it up. I, I always love, like, whenever I visit L.A., I read the entire Night Stalker um, Wikipedia page. <laughs> there's, a, there's some good stuff in there. I like... Um, the one of the women who got really into him, one of the <laughs> one one of his like prison lovers. Yeah, so he she was gonna get married to him, and then when it turned out like through DNA testing, he like you know of course he like killed like a nine year old. She's like, okay, wedding's off. <laughs> <laughs> like he killed like twelve people, and he also <laughs> killed like like a whole bunch of elderly women. You know, like killed and raped. It's like, oh, but the nine year old—that's a bridge too far. Well, you know, I guess it is, but the whole thing is a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good thing she uh, snapped back to her senses. Moving on from the uh, the Democrats, uh, I guess another non-event that happened last week was yet another uh, Republican uh, presidential debate which is like the news that come out of that is uh, the Chris Christie saying, we're going to call you Donald duck to Donald Trump owned. Absolutely. We're going owned. to call you Donald duck. Did you actually watch the full clip that re- ends up in that punchline? No, I it didn't. It takes him like two and a half minutes to <laughs> oh, explain man. the setup to the joke. That's, That's like, all right, so here's the deal. One. So, okay. So you all understand that there is a debate currently happening right now. And there are nine people on stage. Well, one of the people who's not on stage is, uh, Donald Trump. And another word for not being at something is ducking the event. It takes him so fucking long to get there. I I can always tell that it's another, well, I'm sorry. Like it's not going to be an entertaining debate if Donald, Donald Trump is not there. And also like, I can tell it's been boring because like, I don't see a single fire clip circulating on Twitter the next day. The best clip I saw was truly like the worst Ron DeSantis facial expression (laughs) I've seen yet when he like licks his lips. Like he just like, He's like, Donald Trump should be here. He was like, for, you could tell how shook he was trying to like go harder at Donald Trump. And he has this awful like mouth moment. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than a mouth moment, but. That's my favorite Neil Cicigera like, like, album. It's like he, he like got too high and he's like, oh, do I still have a mouth? <laughs> <laughs> if my mouth is, are, are my gums dry? Or like, yeah. it looked like he had cotton mouth or like, like a dry mouth from like taking too much Molly or something. Yeah. He was off a bean. My my uh, favorite moment from the debate, it wasn't actually like during the debate. It was um, how DeSantis got his makeup put on before the debate. <laughs> For some reason, he had it applied while he was like perpendicular and six inches away from Nikki Haley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was oh yeah, his yeah. sticking out. Yeah. yeah, that was so fucking weird. So normal. He's the most normal man. Uh, and I, I guess the, the other thing I like uh, is that... Um, Nikki Haley's campaign uh, announced that Donald Trump sent her a bird cage because he called her a bird brain. And I'm just thinking once again, like he's the king is back. He's he's still got it. And another another thing that I noticed this week that made me think like, oh, like Trump's going to be president again. He's back to cattily speculating on the relationship of pop stars and actors. This time, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Give was- him, give him a page six column. I want, I want to read him on on the celebrity couplings all the time. And it was like, I wish them the best on their life together. Maybe together, maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's funny. Uh, the Taylor Swift Travis Travis Kelsey relationship has become like a culture war touchstone because, like, a lot of the right wingers now hate Travis Kelsey because he's he's soy and evil because he's endorsed Bud Light and the vaccine. 
And they're, they're also tweeting or treating uh, Taylor Swift like being shown or showing up at these football games, uh, like the new like Colin Kaepernick like kneeling moment. <laughs> they're like, they're like keep, keep your pop music away from my football. You know, like this is a no politics space. Like Taylor Swift is inherently political or something. Uh, Travis Kelsey is soy though. <laughs> I could easily defeat him on the football gridiron or in mental <laughs> combat. Uh, did you see, um, the, here was a Trump clip that I did see, which was not from the debate, obviously. Um, I also know he's back because he was talking about sharks again. Oh, the shark and clip how was great. He absolutely. What is he? He was like, oh, he was telling some story about like reaching off a boat or something and like having to choose between electrocution and like death by shark. And it was like a weird meandering story, you know, like his brain is not good. But he was like, obviously, I'm choosing electrocution. I'm choosing electrocution every time. <laughs> and then he opens it up to the crowd. He's like, right, right. We're all choosing electrocution. But if I'm sitting down and that boat's going down and I'm on top of a battery and the water starts flooding in, I'm getting concerned. But then I look 10 yards to my left and there's a shark over there. So I have a choice of electrocution or shark. You know what I'm going to take? Electrocution. I will take electrocution every single time. Do we agree? I will take electrocution. He, he hates he sharks. He really hates sharks. Like it's. He is not watching Shark Week. <laughs> My yeah. favorite thing he said about sharks was, was when he, like he, he's said he's not a fan of them a lot of times, but only one of those times he went, um, they'll be here long after we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not so sure about that at this yeah. point. I'm not so sure about that. I, that was the one I was most curious about. Like, it, whether he meant them as, like, a successor species. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, but, I mean, this did give me the idea that um, if he is convicted on any of the felony charges, that, like, they need to make a special exception for him and execute him by shark. Like, you know, the bad guy in Thunderball. Yes. Just, like, lower <laughs> him into a shark tank and have them go to town on him. Uh, I did see this morning, though, that Trump was in a New York City court about the civil fraud case about the absurd overvaluation of all of his properties, like the Mar-a-Lago property, which is like a, a shitty golf course. For, I mean, we all saw the photos of yeah. that bathroom, the yes. child-sized yeah. bathroom filled with boxes. It's like going to your your divorced uncle's house. Yeah, <laughs> it is value like it is fraudulently valued at like worth being over a billion dollars for the Mar-a-Lago property. And he was in court today. And the funniest thing is that this is not a jury trial. It's a bench trial. And then immediately after like his day in court, he goes out and immediately addresses the media. And he was like, I'd like to personally insult the judge in this case. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a crook and a, he's a bad guy. And it's, he's, he's going to jail. <laughs> One of his lawyers, actually the lawyer on his case who made sure that this was bench trial, um, her laptop in court is a gaming laptop. It's a gaming PC, yes. <laughs> yeah. it, had, yeah. it had like the glowing lights. So like, yeah. 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 yeah, You have to go out of your way to find one How of those. How is he finding lawyers cooling, at this point? Does she have like a cooling tower below the table? <laughs> no, it, it just like that laptop is about seven times heavier than any other <laughs> laptop. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of curious like why she got it. Like, there's some game that she loves, I know, that she can't be without if she bought that because it's like probably twice as expensive as any other computer that you you could that like if you're a lawyer, you don't need anything more than like a MacBook Air. 
Yeah, you don't even need a MacBook Pro. Yeah, just yeah like, like if you're just going court, court, like from courtroom to courtroom, you want like a light computer that can use like Google Docs. Yeah. But apparently she just like loves Roblox so much. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, she can't be without it. She's she like, the- okay, I'm defending the former president of the United States, but I think I can get in 25 minutes of The Sims before, <laughs> she, before I go she loves and get the into the Lego room. Harry Potter game. <laughs> yeah. You really do have to like specifically search for that kind of laptop because it, it like... Gaming laptops do suck. It's like a shitty way to game. Like it just, it is one of those things where it's like, you know, like just do this at home. Yeah. Or like get a Steam Deck. Like who gives a shit? But I get like, do I don't that, know. Yeah. Do you think it's a custom build? You can't. Well. Maybe that's an ignorant question. You, can't, you can get a custom build of some gaming laptops by a company like Origin. Like a company that makes like, you know, built to order PCs and uh, laptops. But hers is like an Asus, which is pre-built. Maybe it's one of the terrible, inappropriate gifts that Donald Trump gave her in lieu of actual payment. You know, he just like opened the back room. That that sounds really, that sounds very accurate. We got some laptops (laughs) laying around. They they fell off the lorry. Yeah. You, I could see Donald Trump having some weird interaction with like, what's that Hasidic uh, electronics chain? B and H. Yeah, some weird interaction with B and H that ends with him getting like twenty Aces laptops in twenty seventeen, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not gonna have to pay another lawyer for the rest of my life." They're like, "Yeah, so our, our fee is seven hundred dollars an hour," and he's like. I'm going to stop you right there. Look at this. Look at this laptop. It's loaded up with all the best. It's called, folks, there's a new game. It's got Pinocchio. It's, it's not Pinocchio. It's called Lies of P. This judge, he's doing some lying too. So it's, a lot of these, a lot of these puppets are not very nice. They look all Pinocchio though. He, he, ex- is there. he accidentally hired um, Jewish electronics people as opposed to Jewish lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the mix up with the uh, the Lauren Care plays the Four Seasons, yeah. And he got Japanese lawyers instead. <laughs> oh wait, did you see that uh, Trump swore for the first time on? Yes, yes. That, that was, was another very week. very out of He's, character. He has been, I, I would say, officially on one this week. Yeah. But if you become president and you don't like somebody, or if somebody's beating you by ten, fifteen, or twenty points, like we're doing with. Crooked Joe Biden. Let's indict the motherfucker. Let's indict. Let's indict the motherfucker. No, like that. That that actually like that actually shocked me because that's I've the ne- most like is he actually losing it? I've never heard him swear because like he doesn't drink. He, he doesn't, doesn't curse. even say yeah. damn or yeah. hell, he, let alone he, he motherfucker. Said, he said um he said pussy in twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Quite famously, no, 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 not grabbing by the pussy. I'm talking. He like in a. Like in a rally, he was talking about like Ted Cruz, oh. and like some woman yelled out, "He's a pussy," and he's like, "I can't say that. Should I say it? He's a pussy." And <laughs> should, should it was I like really, it? it was really weird to hear coming out of his mouth. It's like seeing your dad cry or something. <laughs> yeah. like you know it's happened, but you're like, Ew, I'd rather not see be, that. Yeah. Oh, and I also saw um, this is a good clip this week. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was on the Jen Psaki MSNBC show to like, you know. Who the fuck is watching that? <laughs> uh, me. People, people who couldn't get enough of her press briefing. I, yeah. forgot, I forgot it existed until this moment. Yeah. Like literally, like yeah. not even the, even people who are super into like Ukraine and all that are not watching that shit. <laughs> no one is watching that. 
so Booty just came on and like, you know, like uh, out, out of all the things, this is my favorite thing. Out of all the things that you can hit Donald Trump on in his life of crime and cheating, this is what Booty just decided on. He said to Jen Psaki, quote, this is a part of a lifelong pattern with the former president that I would argue was first displayed when he faked the disability in order to having to go to oh Vietnam and allowed, I assume, some working class person to go in his place. Remember, remember when liberals like trotted that out really thinking that would matter to his mega Trud fans and it didn't make a dent at all? No one cared. I mean, it's like it's, it's exactly like his things with not paying taxes, you know, where he's just like, of, of course, like, you know, yeah, only suckers pay only taxes. Only suckers pay taxes. Why wouldn't I choose to get the lowest tax bill possibly? Why would I choose not to what? go to Vietnam. Yeah, why, why the fuck would I go to Vietnam? Like, I mean, yeah, sure. He cheated and like, oh yeah, a, a working class person took his place. But like, I gotta say in terms of his cheating and frauds, this is like the most normal thing Donald Trump has ever done. Well, and also to all of his fans, if they could have cheated their way out of Vietnam, they would have also. And as well, they should have. I mean, no one should have fucking gone well, to fight yeah. in Vietnam. Is this like 2000? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Who cares? They're trying to, like, swift boat him. There are, like, more living veterans of World War One than people who even <laughs> remember Vietnam. <laughs> it's way no weird. No one gives a shit. It's way weird for millennial Pete Buttigieg yeah. to be trying to draw up v- cheating out Vietnam, Vietnam draft dodging grievances than for 80-year-old Donald Trump to have tried to de- draft dodge Vietnam. Also, like, um, he doesn't have such a sterling record himself. You know, he just, like, worked yeah, at Yeah, he was in Afghanistan yeah. for, like, a month and he, a half. He had a special up. dispensation from being the mayor to so go to Afghanistan and, like, look at minerals for six days. Yeah, yeah he, like, like, he took he a few like, trips outside the wire, but he was mostly at a desk. Yeah, he did, like, outward bound. In <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing for troubled teens in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should have been doing. Uh, instead, of, instead of sending like 80-year-olds or 60-year-olds like uh, members of the National Guard, we should have sent troubled teens. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think most of the uh, Marine Corps are troubled teens. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, uh, moving on, uh, I, I got this is a story about the, uh, the, new, the, the new Cold War that's currently going on. And I'm talking, of course, about China repossessing all of their pandas from American zoos. <laughs> Wait, they're doing that? Yeah. 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 Cause like every panda that is in an American zoo is technically leased by China and they're calling, they're calling them back. Are you kidding? They're I'm, so, them back I totally, the motherland. I'm so glad Nixon doesn't have to see this. That really is like the type of indignity he would have suffered during his lifetime. Like <laughs> that's the sort of thing that would happen like a year before he dies. <sighs> Where he's like, that's the last like good thing. This I is did. worse than water. This was the Panda Exchange program, and they're like, I like Alderman. They're like, sir, I'm sorry, and they're like, whoa, whoa, what is it? China, they're taking back Lin Lin. Then he's, God damn it, oh, this is the longest moment of my life. <laughs> they're, they're sending the panda. This is, this is where someone my brother died. They're sending the Panda Express to come get them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I liked it because there was like uh, there was some good. Uh, uh, Miss Mel Chen, some right-wing lady, says of pandas, good riddance. Pandas, <laughs> pandas are furry, roly-poly lumps of biomass that eat only one thing. Yeah, good evolutionary strategy, bro. And bumbles around all day doing fuck all. This is like a Tim <laughs> Robinson skit. This is, like, this is I think you should leave. Any species that requires hand jobs from professional human cum extractors to survive <laughs> deserves to go extinct. Uh, let me tell you about human men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's just, that's 
that's like just such a shitty way to enjoy animals. Yeah. And it's like, okay, then the only good animals are like- uh, uh, Ants and roaches. Yeah, like amoebas that can survive like being on the surface of the sun. Yeah. Like, okay, And, and great. that would be a very boring zoo. And like yeah. people always say this about pandas, like, oh, they're so stupid. They don't even fuck. Like whatever. It's like, hey, I mean, you wouldn't fuck if like 13 guys in lab coats were like taking notes and sticking a thermometer up your ass either. And like, and all- like imagine if you had to fuck because it's like these two countries- have to be friends. <laughs> like, that's so much. That's so much pressure. Yeah, it's like the new, the new, the only diplomacy that still exists is like you know Catherine of Aragon marrying like Henry the Eighth is like yeah. you know it's China sending a panda to come fuck at the Cincinnati Zoo or something. And now you know diplomacy has failed. They're taking him back. But like, that, I, that was like the the last period where we acknowledge that like you know China for what it is, which is like a competitor to the U.S. Like, a true enemy wouldn't be, like, that embedded in the U.S. economy and vice versa. But, like, during the 90s and, like, part of the 2000s, like, that was the last vestige of cooperation was both of our nations working together to get these creatures to, like, fuck. (laughs) To get the male pandas, like, fully hard and, like, get the girls wet. And, like, of course, like, I could, like, if, if you told me you have to fuck this woman or, like, this ascendant nuclear state is going to be an enemy with your country. I couldn't do it. <laughs> All that pressure. That's so much. Like that's so much. That's so much to think about. But like when 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 people's when people go off on pandas, that like oh like they have to be like coaxed into coming. And oh, all they do is eat bamboo. They're and really like, cute. And roll around there. Like they're only here because the people think they're cute. They're they would, such a unique animal. Shut like, the fuck up. Like, oh, <laughs> they would have been extinct if they weren't so cute. It's like, Bitch, that is a successful evolutionary strategy. If you can convince human beings that you're cute and that your species is worth preserving, that is an excellent evolutionary strategy. Yeah, Yeah. think of all the ugly-ass animals that have gone extinct (laughs) because they're not cuddly. Dodos? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Dodos were cute. They just, like, they had the misfortune of, like, living in a crueler world. (laughs) When, like, Portuguese sailors would just take thousands of them and boil them into tar for no (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, they just, like, if that happened today, we probably would have preserved like a few but it was it was rough times it was red dead redemption two times yeah that's like during those times everyone had to kill every animal to get like 0.1 ounces of like (laughs) lamp oil (laughs) so they could read like a shitty romance novel and jack off and impregnate Uh, their brother's wife so to buy immunity potion at the the general store uh yeah I, I need some dodo tar to up my dead eye stats. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad time. And like, uh, like, look at most dogs. Yeah, yes, they don't do shit. Yeah, like, and you actually have to you have to clean up their poop. Yeah. You know, they hump they hump other dogs. Sometimes you know they're a pit bull. And uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 United Kingdom banning pit bulls. Banning the XL bully breed of pit bulls. Oh, just the XL variety? Yeah, yeah. Those, those XL ones, we I, gotta stop. every once in a while, I like fall into an Instagram haul. You know, like um, I saw one recently, like Ben Mora always reposts these. Oh, where, God. Where there was one that was like, um, this generation is two times uh, yes, bully and this. three times um, a mummy or whatever. And someone just like, like commented on it, just being like, for those following at home, uh, this means it's inbred twice. Uh, <laughs> There's seen you know, I'm no geneticist, but seems bad. Seeing those Ben Mora uh, bully pit bull breeds was uh, giving me flashbacks to reading about the Habsburgs for yeah, uh, honestly, on they should yeah. be destroyed. I'm yes. sorry, they're an abomination. Yeah. They should not be allowed. A civilized country would not allow this. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if I said this on the show before, but with the hotel we were staying at in Dallas. When we oh did my our god, show this there, is so fucking funny. Uh, like we were, like we were leaving the hotel in the hotel lobby, and there were two gentlemen in the lobby who I can only describe as like Island Boys clones. Like that. <laughs> that's how what the, like that's what they looked like. You can just say gay. <laughs> who had with them a couple of their like designer bully pit bull dogs, and there were like two of them, and they had like 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 gold chains on these dogs and like they they looked so wretched and stupid and then like to leave the hotel there's like three steps that go up to like where the valet parking stuff is where the cars pull around the main entrance these dogs could not walk up three steps like, I'm sorry. It's, oh, like, man. These okay. guys are like it's like, it's like pugs or something. Yeah. Like you, you shouldn't, or French bulldogs, like they can't breathe. Their lungs are always collapsing in on themselves. If you are one of the Indian guys that killed that Sikh man in Canada, this is what awaits you in your next life. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, you, if you are a bad Hindu guy, you get reincarnated as an inbred pit bull in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like hell for all eternity. <laughs> so like, you know, repent now pick a di- or pick a different religion or something because because you've got a rough eight years ahead of you, if that. And then uh, <laughs> one more piece of uh, fun animal news that I enjoyed. Uh, another story that I missed out on this week was um, New York City being flooded once again oh, and our subway system basically about two ounces of water away from completely collapsing. But there was some you know, incredible uh, footage of New York flooding uh, this past weekend. And one of the things that happened was the Central Park Zoo Flooded. And if you've ever been to the Central Park Zoo in like the, the main atrium when you walk in, they have their big sea lion tank, their big sea lion pool just in the middle. All of that flooded and the entire zoo became the sea lion tank. And there is a couple of sea lions have absconded from the Central Park Zoo well, actually, because they were just able to swim away. Have they found I, them yet? I, I, I followed up. It was apparently one female sea lion. Uh, and they just waited till she swam back into the enclosure. <laughs> like she just came home. Well, I mean, Central Park has done so well with the escaped uh, Eurasian uh, eagle owl Flacco. I was just saying, I think they should just like let the let the let the let the sea lions go because I mean, they're once fun. the waters recede, um, what happens? Where do they go? The but, Hudson River, no, like, well, the Gowanus Canal. If like if like a rich enough family gets it, it's probably fine. Like if like. If like a, one of those families where the mom is like, she does some weird type of law. Like she, she's like, oh, I do animation law. I was the first animation lawyer like in, in, in America. We did some weird thing where I had septuplets when I was 57. And the dad, the dad is like, oh, I invented a, a new security that's um, backed by the Catholic church molestation. <laughs> Our combined household income is like, se- like $70 billion a year. Um, like if a, one of those like Upper East Side type families finds the sea lion, then it's like they have all they need to take yeah. care of it. Like it's going to have a good life. And like all their kids are like, you know, now going to probably use Chicago. <laughs> and they want to like take care of a sea lion now. Yeah, they're that's, empty nesters. That's fine. But if someone in like the lower east side gets it, it's gonna die. Like it's, <laughs> it's really bad. It's not not going well. Well, uh, the freaking sea lion going to Dime Square. Yeah. Am I right? He's going to clandestino, <laughs> folks. Is this thing on? <laughs> like if the sea lion has to live in one of those like apartments where it just ninety percent of the space is taken over by like dusty cups of water. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's like a like seven hundred square foot apartment divided between like twelve girls who hate each other <laughs> and one sea and one crazy sea lion. Yeah. One sea lion and all the water is dusty. Like it's gonna hate that. Well, the rider strike is over. Yeah, um, call yeah. us absolutely. Well, like, I, well, I I did come up with the New York City uh, sitcom concept that didn't involve a sea lion, <laughs> well, but I, I years still ago years rewrites. ago. No, I've uh, I haven't pitched it on the show before. Okay, it's called Besties. Oh, oh. yes, yeah, you told me about this before. It's very good. Yeah, so this is a really shitty idea. <laughs> um, so it's like one one girl who's like trad and based, mm-hmm. and one girl who's like a leftist, and like uh, they both live in New York City. Uh, but like the, the based one gets more leftist because like the based guys are mean to her because she's a woman, but the leftist one gets more based because like the leftist guys are soys. Yeah. They're soy guys. And, uh, yeah, just called besties and it's about their misadventures. Listen, like the fact that that hasn't been picked up by a network yet is, is proof that they can't see the long game. I, well, I haven't seriously tried to pitch that or push bowl, but like, <laughs> if I, like if we're ever in a situation where we need to make fifty million dollars in like a year, well, like, <laughs> well, yeah, have you looked up how much one night stay in the ICU costs? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, let me get to work. Let me yeah. save the family. Felix, you get on that. I will get on my mission of breeding a species of XL bully sea lion. <laughs> what a, where does that leave me? Should I just start an OnlyFans? Yes. Hello, nurse. Hello, nurse. Yeah. Uh, no, that would that would be like a ten dollar a month type type deal. You're selling yourself short, Catherine. Well, you could charge much more. Thank you. He has um, to say that. Well, I don't have to say shit. This is my show. <laughs> I'm the boss I'm, here. I'm the boss. Uh, I guess like I, I know we're missing stuff from this week, but I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Elon Musk's trip to the border to just be like, oh, like to basically just gawp at like refugees corralled under a fucking highway in wearing a cowboy hat backwards. And I just want like forget the, the, the evil politics aside of this. I just need to talk about. Has any human male ever looked worse than Elon Musk currently does? He's looking bad. He is like, if like anyone, everyone else who has his body is so much more proprietary about their image. But like for whatever reason, whether it's like false confidence or like, you know, a delusion brought on by stimulant and ketamine abuse, he's just like, no, I look great. And he like, he looks like how people are depicted in Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> like he has Chris Griffin's body, but he's like, I look awesome. With, uh, with, Patchy facial hair. You remember? He, like, you I'm remember sorry. Like, he, like his his chin looks like a scrotum, <laughs> or like a, the perineum, the, the 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 space between your balls and asshole. Like that. That's what his chin the looks tapes. like. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember a few years ago there was that like weird CGI image out of the UK? I think of like this is what your body, the human body, oh, right. would have to look like to survive a, a car, car crash. crash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the that's perfect what human looking, form. That's what he is becoming to look like now. Here's, here's my question though: Did he bring that one kid that he always brings to important <laughs> meetings to the border? Like the one kid the, he's in contact with, and it's it's like a toddler that he insists on. Uh, he met with Erdogan. Yeah, when Erdogan said, er- "Where's your wife?" That er- I, I just did the grocery <laughs> store. Erdogan Erdogan so, that was so. That was so cool. That was that made all this Elon Musk shit worth it when Erdogan was just like, "You're a loser." Yeah, he was correct. All he was like, "Where's the babysitter?" 
Erdogan, like Erdogan, you can criticize him for a lot. He <laughs> he loves his wife. Yeah. Like he invaded Syria because Asma al-Assad was mean to his wife. <laughs> like Asma was like, oh, um, Erdogan's wife is like mousy and and like plain. And he was like, what if I what if I ruin your country, <laughs> you bitch? <laughs> That's love. Oh, and I guess like I maybe we should we should just play out with the audio of Tony Blinken's impromptu blues performance. Yeah, this was, was, I don't use this word a lot, but this was offensive. (laughs) This was like, Tony Blinken, and this was not the case. Like from what I know of his childhood, it was the opposite of this. He would have had to have grown up in circumstances exactly like Steve Martin in The Jerk. (laughs) Like even be remotely acceptable but, it, but no, uh, Steven Seagal's forays into blues music are less offensive than Tony Blinken's uh, yeah, doing hoochie coochie man at an official state dinner. Yeah, this makes Steven Seagal look like an anthropologist. <laughs> like this is like this is highly offensive. Miwan Punani, <laughs> Miwanda Punani. Yeah, he's like Tony Blinken sounds like he's doing voice lines for a discontinued Disney ride. <laughs> It's, it's so fucking weird because it's like his entire, like he's like the image of like an evil East coast establishment guy. Like his, his entire family, him, they've all, they've all done the most evil jobs ever. His dad, I forget what his dad's involvement in the Epstein thing is, but it's like something. <laughs> I know it's there. I, li- oh, I literally oh, just like forget what it is, but it is something. I, this is not liable, but like, he does this highly offensive voice is the only way to describe it. Uh, what do you think? Should we uh, put a pin in it for today? Well, let me check uh, wait, the time. Where are we at? Where are we at on time? Uh, we're crossing out. Okay. Uh, you don't want to give the piggies too much. Yeah. This, this soon back. I will just say also that, uh, you know, uh, this is the first time I, I recently moved and now we have a new uh, official like studio space. Yeah, for we're the first in the studio right the, now yeah. and it's, uh, it's gorgeous. Chris has well, done an amazing I, job. I, I just want to apologize if the, the sound audio quality is a little off. I haven't had time to fully soundproof this space, but uh, we're improving every day. If you notice the difference between this episode and any other episode, <laughs> you should fucking die. You're a loser. If you notice the difference between this episode and every other episode other than one very specific, specific thing. No, 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 no. no. I, I, like, I mean like in audio quality. Like, yeah, if, yeah. like, uh, right, obviously, but like, if you're like, oh, the the sound is flatter. Like, fuck you. <laughs> well, I'm just speaking to all the other people out me, like me yeah. out there who are always they will like, let mm, you know about it. We're so X- back. Ba- yeah, we are so back. Yeah, yeah and uh, we're back. And I guess, like, just by by way of leaving the show, I just want to say, like, thank you for bearing with us this past week. Um, and really, thank you again for just all the love and outpouring of support for for Matt. I mean, it's just. It's a funny thing. Like it shouldn't take something like this, but it was like in in reading the totality of everyone's thoughts about Matt and their love for him. I mean, we really are just so lucky to have him. Yes. Like, I mean, you know, not just like our best friend, but like, I know he'd be embarrassed about me saying this, but like, I think truly one of the great Marxist humanist thinkers of the 21st century. And like, yeah, the way people responded to him and like the Kush vlogs and just the the support, it, re- it really means a lot to all of us. So, including uh, Matt, yeah, including yeah. Matt. Yeah. Like, like I mean, he he is definitely aware of all this. He's reading the comments, mm-hmm. and like I said, he is like he he is on the way to getting better. Like, and just uh, we we thank you for your support, and it really means a lot to us. Yeah, and also please please keep hating because it'll make just re- re- learn this. It, how's your water? 
what can I do for you? What, how do you want apps or drinks? Because <laughs> <laughs> the table of success is calling. Would you like fries with that? Yeah. The table of success beckons. All right. Uh, we'll be back with uh, regularly scheduled shows. We've got Movie Mindset coming back this week. Oh, yeah. Movie. Oh, and, and I got to, I got to, okay. Movie Mindset, or I should say Ghoul V Scream Set, Horror, <laughs> Horror-tober, Horror Movie Spectacular. Our October Spooky Season miniseries premieres this week, uh, every Wednesday. But if you are in New York City on October 30th, Devil's Night, Hessa and I will be screening The Fog and... Halloween 3, Season of the Witch at the Roxy Cinema and Hotel in New York. A movie mindset, a Goolvie Scream set, double feature. A salute to Tom Atkins. Yeah, salute to the great Tom Atkins, The Night Before Halloween. I mean, I think we, I, I'll, I'll talk to Hazel, but I think we should do costumes. So I think uh, we should do a costume night. I'm not wearing a costume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. But yeah, links for the uh, the, uh, the movie mindset, double feature, uh, Devil's Night, The Fog, directed by John Carpenter, and Halloween 3, directed by one of John Carpenter's friends. I don't know. I'll look into that. <laughs> but Tom Atkins' Night at the Roxy Hotel and Cinema. We'll put the link up for tickets in the show description. So uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another regularly scheduled chapo. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Gypsy woman told my mother Before I was born Gonna be a man-child coming Gonna be a son of a gun Gonna make pretty women's Jump and shout Black cat bone.